0: To five yard fantasy, my name is Jackson Durham, and today I'm here with Andrew Asparagoza and this is the Offsides Network. Today we are going to be covering the Week One slate of preseason games, and then we're going to be doing a little bit of my top ten wide receivers and uh, Andrew's reaction to them. Uh, Andrew, why don't, we, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Andrew Esparagoza. As mentioned before, I'm a Philadelphia native who writes for the Offsides Network as well. Um, just a little bit about me: huge Eagles fan, huge Sixers fan. Just big, big Philadelphia sports fan here, so you will come to find in this podcast that I have a lot of Eagles biasness, but that's okay. I'll try to let it let it go through.
0: Yeah, and Andrew uh, mentioned to me I haven't really noted my Rams bias, but uh, today I am rocking my Rams hoodie. Uh, I'm a huge Rams fan. I, I hadn't mentioned that on the podcast before, but uh, go Rams! So uh, we'll we'll get into my Rams bias a little bit later on in this episode when we do uh, my fantasy receiver rankings. <laughs> But first, let's kick things off with the preseason action. There was a lot that happened this week. Uh, We're not going to cover every game just for time reasons, but we are going to cover a good chunk of them. Uh, First up on our agenda, we have Carolina and Washington. So the Panthers, uh, it it was interesting for the Panthers. They still have that QB competition going on between Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and Matt Corral. And I think we really saw that Baker Mayfield has the leg up in that competition but he might have lost it in this game by performing pretty poorly. Uh, it was a few nice throws to begin it, and then he fumbles a snap and gets sacked and then totally misses his receiver on a third down and costs them uh, an opportunity to score uh, or score a touchdown. They end up getting a field goal. Uh, Darnold comes in next and throws a beautiful touchdown to Rashard Higgins. I think Darnold definitely was the more impressive quarterback, but we didn't really see enough from either of them to, to establish who's going to be the winner out of that. What did you see there, Andrew?
1: Yeah, so as you mentioned, Mayfield really did start off a lot better than expected, and I thought he had it in the bag until his eventual downfall, and Darnold did also play a very good game. But if there's one thing I know about Sam Darnold is you really shouldn't trust him early on in the season. I mean, last season he started, what, 4-0? and And we all yeah. saw how the Panthers kind of tanked from there. And mm-hmm. that's kind of how I'm feeling about this preseason. I don't, I'm not going to take much of what I saw – from him into deep consideration just because I've seen his peak and I've seen his low points and that's kind of where I'm seeing it, where he's going to start off high and
0: then we'll see how it progresses throughout the season. I just don't think he adapts too well. All right. So you you're in favor of Baker Mayfield taking over, uh, that starting a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. What are we taking away My, from Matt Corral's performance? Sorry not to cut yeah, you off there.
1: Oh yeah. I was just about to bring up Matt Corral and... really rough night. <laughs> Uh, was one bad. for nine. Uh, it was bad. It, it was but, pretty ugly. But I feel I feel like it wasn't entirely his fault. I feel like he was under a lot of pressure during that game, and it just didn't seem like the O-line and the wide receiver core were moving as he expected it to be, as comfortably as he would have liked it to be. So it looked a very, very shaky, maybe a little bit of taking the season under someone's belt to understand how NFL football looks will benefit him for the future, but I don't think this will be his year.
0: Yeah. I, I think Matt Corral, unless he majorly turns it around in some of these other preseason performances, that might be uh, kind of the final nail in him starting at any point this season. Uh, Yeah. he just doesn't really look ready yet. He did not look comfortable at any point in the pocket. Uh, And really nobody on that Panthers offense did, like you mentioned, the backup offensive linemen were not doing him any favors, but uh, no Corral not much to justify out of a one for nine performance. Can't really, you're not doing yourself any favors.
1: <laughs> he did not live up to the expectation. A lot of people had at that. That's for yeah.
0: Sure. I would definitely agree with that. Uh The joint practice with New England that Carolina has on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week, that will be huge for deciding this QB competition, I think. Uh, Oh, absolutely. Those joint practices, uh, there's a lot that comes out of those. We don't get to see much of them, but those are much more full speed than the preseason games. You get a lot more starter work. So I think we'll see probably uh, a starter named after Wednesday, uh, in my opinion.
1: I could agree with that. And also, New England is a very powerful defense, especially in the front seven. So it's going to be really good to see how these quarterbacks deal with a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah, good kind of last test for Darnold and Mayfield before you go ahead and make that call from Matt Rule. But I think it's probably Mayfield. Uh, Moving on to the Commanders. Carson Wentz looks really solid. 10 for 13 on the couple drives of work that he got. That offense looks pretty comfortable. The only difficulty we saw from that offense, Antonio Gibson did not live up to expectations. Uh, Two yards on four carries, and he fumbled. He fumbled again. Antonio Gibson and his fumbles. Uh, He said he worked with the weighted ball this offseason with his trainer. Uh, He said he was feeling confident about the fumbles, and then he comes out and fumbles in his first preseason work. Like, it could not be worse. That will definitely cost him later on in this preseason and eventually in this season it's if he's gonna fumble like that and he's had issues throughout his career you really cannot trust him as a ball carrier uh especially when brian robinson performed really really well 26 yards on six carries so brian robinson fans uh get excited if you have him on your dynasty squad (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was actually looking into gibson and i was kind of projecting
1: him as a sleeper pick a little bit in my like fantasy world kind of like oh Antonio Gibson might be a good option uh he might just sneak under the radar you could get him pretty deep in and have him as a good secondary option after that preseason performance i'm going to have to reevaluate that yeah. going to have
0: to reevaluate that <laughs> i i'm feeling the same way about one of my picks uh we'll get there later though i uh i'm going to have to uh... Kind of, I don't know if I'm going to retract a statement I made on a last podcast, but I'm, I'm feeling a little bit less confident about it. Uh, Sam Howell, speaking of feeling confident, he was pretty solid. 9 for 16 for 143, mixed in a few nice runs, a lot of playing time for him, which I expect to see more of him uh, throughout this preseason. He looks solid. Uh, I think he, he has a good chance to be the future in Washington. I don't think Wentz is that long-term guy. So I think they really want to see what they have in Sam Howell. So could be a nice a dynasty Sam target. Turtle. Sam Howell is
1: not bad at all something I was concerned about him when he played over at UNC was he was very jittery the way he moved in the pocket just seemed very uncomfortable and intense and it always got him in weird positions it seems like he kind of figured that one out though like he played Mm -hmm. very well and he had a very a couple good scrambles a couple good runs as mentioned so he might be a good pickup honestly for not this year but maybe a couple years down the line he's going to evolve pretty well.
0: Yeah, and Ron Rivera has got a good QB history. So I feel like working in that uh, coaching staff and kind of behind the scenes, he will be able to improve. And Carson Wentz should be able to mentor him a little bit. He's a veteran in this league. He's played well at times. So should be a good future ahead for Sam Howell. Nice performance there. Jets and Eagles moving on. Uh, This one, yeah. The big performance here, or the big note here, is the Zach Wilson story. Enders his leg on a non-contact play originally they thought it was a torn acl they thought he was going to be done for the year uh you hate to see those non-contact injuries but uh we did find out it looks like it's a bone bruise and a torn meniscus but he is flying out to la for a knee scope uh i believe that will be on tuesday if i'm correct i could be wrong about that uh but that will be huge for determining the timeline for recovery for this injuries like how damaged is all of the ligaments in that knee so they They will need to do that, and then I think we'll know a lot more about how long Zach Wilson's going to be out. But uh, really good news that his ACL and MCL are intact, uh, meaning he will likely not be out for the full season. The receiver room for the Jets, not exactly inspiring here. Uh, Denzel Mims and Garrett Wilson got involved a little bit, you know, two for 25 each. Uh, Not much action for Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. Uh, They were on the field for a few snaps, but uh, just one target each. And then Brees Hall disappointed me. I was was definitely expecting more from Brees Hall.
1: Now, the Jets offense, I had very high expectations for Garrett Wilson in particular. And maybe it's just the preseason. And since they don't want to over-target any player or get somebody too involved in the game, maybe that's why they didn't really target Garrett Wilson as much as I would have liked to see. But I was a little upset with the offense. I don't know. I was impressed with their depth, however. I feel like they had a pretty decent amount of depth on their squad, a lot better than I expected, but I don't know what that translates to necessarily. We didn't see the starters as much, and I would have liked to see that, but their depth was pretty decent, I
0: guess. I think the Zach Wilson injury sort of threw off the whole thing. I think they wanted to start to play the starters for a longer period of time. And then Zach Wilson gets injured. And I think kind of freak out a little bit. And then it's like, all right, let's get everybody out of there. Like we're, we're not risking anyone Mm -hmm. else. Uh, And so I think probably light work for Brees hall uh, and light work for uh, Garrett Wilson, but it is hard because you want to extrapolate things from the preseason, but it's like, are they, is it low usage because he's already determined to be a very valuable part of the offense like the Rams and the Tutu Atwell situation where Tutu Atwell doesn't play in the preseason and then Sean McVay comes out and he's like, we've already determined he's going to be part of the offense, so that's why. Or is it because he's really back on the depth chart and therefore that's why he's not getting any usage? So I I don't know. There's a little bit of uh, smoke and mirrors, I guess, in that Jets receiver room on who's going to be getting the most usage and how much Garrett Wilson will see. I think he's still receiver three as of right now for them.
1: I would have liked to see a little more out of them, as you mentioned. And I think you're right. I think it's mostly just light work for them right now. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, maybe next preseason game, we'll see a little more out of them. But I want to go circle back really quickly to Brees Hall. Mm -hmm. His carries were weak, I'll admit but I also want to blame the offensive line for that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I think he could have been a little better with a little better offensive line. I just don't think that it connected as well as he would have liked. And he wasn't finding the gaps that he was used to. So he kind of had to adapt on the spot on a lot of those runs and it mostly
0: amounted to nothing,
1: but I think I still have him as a bright star
0: in the future. I agree. I, I do think, I'm not faulting him for too, too much of it. I was a little disappointed that he couldn't create a little bit more since he will have to deal with a rough offensive line pretty much throughout the entire season. Like the Jets offensive line just isn't in the place it needs to be. So I would like to see him adapt a little bit better in those moments. I think that's kind of my only knock. Uh, but overall, a solid game for Brees Hall. Uh, three yards per carry is not nothing shabby. Uh, yeah. Moving on to your team, the Eagles. Jalen Hurst, yes, borderline perfect in this game. Six for six <laughs> for 81 yards. Uh only real note for him nailed by Quincy Williams on a super blatant late hit. Uh there should be a fine on that one. I don't know if there has 100%. been yet, but uh there should be a fine. Uh, I
1: have not heard, but I have not heard about a fine yet, but I also agree there should
0: definitely be a fine on that. Yeah, that was that was brutal for the preseason. Like, what are you doing? Uh <laughs> Most of the Eagles' starting skill positions rested. Uh, Can't blame them after you watch your quarterback just get absolutely lit up. But uh, Miles Sanders, only active as a receiver. Uh, No A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith. And uh, just one catch for Dallas Goddard. But that did give us an opportunity to see a little bit of Jason Huntley and Kennedy Brooks, who should be competing for that kind of RB2, RB3 role. Uh, Huntley was really effective, but he did fumble. Uh, He scored that touchdown. uh, And then Kennedy Brooks was a little bit more efficient, but didn't see the volume. So I think we'll maybe see a little bit more of Kennedy Brooks next week if he can prove himself uh, and get some more volume. But uh, Jason Huntley was also really, really effective, 16 for 48 for him. So definitely people to watch there. Uh, Didn't get to see too many of the starters for the Eagles, though, so not too much to take away from that one. What did you see, though?
1: From a fantasy perspective, if you have Jalen Hurts on your team, I would be excited. What you saw on this preseason game, again – preseason maybe it's not as important as it should be but you saw a level of composure in Jalen Hurts and a level of precision that was just exciting to watch I mean he threw six for six that was pretty impressive 81 yards he was efficient consistent and we already know he's got the legs to run like a madman so I'd be excited to have Jalen Hurts I might even project not a Lamar Jackson type season but almost there which if we know anything about that it's fantasy points in the bag.
0: Yeah. Hertz definitely appears to have taken a significant step as a passer uh, this off season, which is, I think, kind of the last missing piece of his game. It's something I've knocked him on repeatedly. It's uh, something pretty much everyone has knocked him on repeatedly. He's oh, just not a competent deep passer, but he does seem to be adding that to his arsenal, which makes him a complete fantasy player. I mean, he's there are very few weaknesses to his game if he can complete himself as a passer. So we'll see how much, how much of a step he's taken, I think, this year. Uh Moving on, someone that kind of took a step back, uh, Cleveland and Jacksonville, Deshaun Watson, super rough in this game. Uh, Rough news beforehand. The issues, his first actual apology for everything that's gone on. Uh, He is still currently awaiting the result of his suspension appeal. Uh, But I did see a story today that it does appear that they're going to go with a year on his suspension. Uh, That was, I believe, Dove Kleiman tweeted that out. That he uh is looking at a year. So I think we might get official confirmation on that later today. But uh it does seem like it's gonna be a full year out for Deshaun Watson. Uh he really struggled in three series of action, was booed throughout, just one for five for seven yards. Uh pretty rough outing for Deshaun. So what did you see there? You know, Deshaun
1: had a very, very difficult start in the beginning of the game, but something I noticed when watching the film because i initially just saw the stat sheet and i was like that is terrible and then i went to watch the game just to see what the eye test really had to say and something i noticed was his throws were landing at relatively good spots his Mm -hmm. receivers just weren't catching them which seemed to be an issue that might be of concern that doesn't relate to Deshaun as much as it might say to the receiving core that he's going to be throwing to. Yeah. I mean, a quarterback's only as good as the people that are catching his balls. And I mean,
0: it didn't really look too good because they were just not catching anything that day. It seemed like. Interestingly, I I do agree with you on that point because it does appear to be that, but Josh Dobbs and Josh Rosen, both put together really solid performances after uh, Watson comes out. So, it, maybe it was just like a little bit of nerves drops early in the game for these Browns receivers, and if we see more Deshaun Watson, maybe he'll look like the Deshaun Watson we've seen in the past. But Dobbs and Rosen managed to get it done with that arsenal. So whatever that tells you, uh, I I do feel like obviously Watson's better than Dobbs and Rosen. I'm not trying to make that argument. But uh, he, there were definitely some points of concern. I think taking an entire year off of the game is going to have an effect on you. Uh, when you come back and your first real action. Uh, and I think the first reaction for a team is obviously going to be a little bit, uh, it's going to take some time to get going. So I think that's probably what we saw from Deshaun Watson, but definitely something to note is a pretty, pretty rocky start for that Browns offense overall. They did get it together. Uh, Jerome Ford being the major reason why uh, he was really excellent in this game. 10 carries for 57 yards and a touchdown, four receptions for 45 yards and a touchdown. And something me and I used talked about on the last podcast is can the Browns find confidence in an RB three and move on from Kareem hunt because of it. And we had talked about Dearness Johnson being that guy, but Dearness Johnson sees almost no volume in this game. And so it's now it almost seems like Dearness Johnson might be RB four if he's even going to make the roster. Uh, and it could be Jerome Ford in this RB three role. Can Jerome Ford be that guy that the Browns, end up considering moving on from kareem hunt for and having him be rb2 what do you think about that you
1: know filling in kareem hunt's shoes is going to be near impossible kareem hunt is an amazing running back top 10 in the league without a doubt arguably top five jerome ford he he produced a really 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 good game but i do have to admit the jaguars defense is not that good so could it hit it, could, it is terrible. So could it have been uh, an outcome of just playing against a terrible defense on a preseason game? Potentially. I honestly am kind of leaning towards, there might just be a very confident in Dearness Johnson. significantly enough that they didn't need to see much volume out of him during this preseason game. And that they're just testing the waters for Jerome Ford. If the situation comes that Kareem Hunt
0: leaves, do they have a third option behind Dearness Johnston? Johnson's lack of work in training camp has also been concerning. I think Uh, he hasn't gotten a ton of reps in training camp. It doesn't really seem like they do have that confidence in him, in my opinion, which is why I do kind of feel like Jerome Ford is that RB three and with Johnson in at RB four. And I just, I kind of feel like that's the way it's going to go. And I think the reason why obviously Jerome Ford is not, is not Kareem hunt. Like he's not going to replace Kareem hunt one for one. But is he good enough that you consider moving on from Kareem Hunt? Because it seems like Kareem Hunt's probably out the door after this season anyway. Can you get some value for him in what now appears to be a lost year, especially if Deshaun Watson is gone? I feel like that's probably just good business for the Browns. If Deshaun Watson's out for the whole year, I think you need to move on from Kareem Hunt and start to consider the idea that you you aren't going to be able to retain him after, after this season anyway because he doesn't want to be here. So yeah let's go ahead and get a fourth or fifth round pick for him while we can. Cause I think that's probably the value of a running back at his age at this point, even though he's obviously a really talented player, but I feel like bills bucks Rams number of championship contender teams would jump at the opportunity to add a talented running back like Kareem hunt to their roster. And, uh, I, I think that's kind of might be the way it goes. Uh, no Jacoby Brissett in this game, which, that probably tells you something about the way the Browns feel about the Deshaun Watson thing. They, they want to protect Jacoby Brissett. They feel like he's going to be the starting quarterback. But I think they also want to see what they have in Dobbs and Rosen because Brissett doesn't inspire a ton of confidence. So it's it's not like that's a locked-up job. Uh, and Dobbs and Rosen <laughs> both looked really good. So if I think if they continue to look good, there is potential that we see Dobbs and Rosen in the regular season, especially if Brissett's rough. Uh, moving on from the Jaguars, we give the Browns a lot of shine time. Uh, Lawrence and Etienne actually played which was against my expectations uh, I had them penciled in as being out uh, after not playing at all in preseason week one they didn't even fully suit up but uh, Etienne a little rough uh, nine carries for 23 yards one 12 yard carry kind of dominated the most of his production uh, so most of his eight yards or eight carries were Pretty non-effective behind another really rough offensive line. So it is hard to uh, kind of determine who's to blame there. Is it ETN or is it the offensive line? Uh, Lawrence also pretty rocky, six for twelve for ninety-five and a touchdown. Uh, how did you feel about that Jaguars offense? I was I was not happy with that Jaguars offense. <laughs> I don't
1: have much confidence in that Jaguars offense, honestly, and I just don't see that team being a recovery team that we would have liked to see out of the Jaguars. I mean, I had a lot of high expectations for Trevor Lawrence coming out of college. I expect him to be an elite quarterback or to be not the next Tom Brady, but in the conversation with the top of the top. And I'm just not seeing that out of him. And I didn't see it in this preseason game and I'm not seeing it around his team. I'm just, I just don't see a lot of heat coming out of that Jaguars
0: offense. Do you? I no I I'm with you there. Lawrence just doesn't appear to be a talent elevator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's one of the things that he he's talented. Like he obviously has a lot of skills um but it's can he elevate the guys around him because that's what makes a guy like Tom Brady, a guy like Matt Stafford really really special is that they they bring up others around them. And I just don't see him doing that. Uh, Zay Jones did have an okay performance in this game, but pretty light usage for him. And we still haven't seen Christian Kirk, which is something to note. Uh, And no LaVisca Chenault in this game either, which that is concerning to me. Uh, The (laughs) lack of work for LaVisca (laughs) Chenault, who did not do very well last season, that becomes kind of like a, do they have confidence in him uh, after what they've seen in the off season? Or is he just kind of on the bench in that offense? uh question for him and it is it is concerning because they they brought in Laquan Treadwell Tim Jones played really really well in this game Chenault could be getting pushed further and further back that receiver depth chart if he does not start to perform in the preseason
1: yeah if I were the if I were the Jaguars front office I would treat this like a regular
0: season game realistically
1: I just like that last last season, the Jaguars were nothing special and they need to develop all of their players and need them to keep continuing building chemistry. So to see that Chenault was out was not a good look in my eyes. And I just feel like there was a lot of things and a lot of players that could have gotten more reps that just didn't. And I did not. I did not like that.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I just don't know why you wouldn't use him. Uh, he appears to be such a talented young player on your team. I mean, he was so good in college. Why is he not getting work in the preseason? Uh, It just doesn't really make sense to me. I know you want to protect the guy. I know he's had injury issues in the past, but at at least give him a few targets, maybe a a jet sweep, like something there. He obviously doesn't play the whole game, but (laughs) uh, I feel like you know more about Zay Jones at this point than you do about LaVisca Chennault. So why is LaVisca Chennault not out on the field when Zay Jones is – it's hard to justify, in my opinion. Uh, 100%. Mo- moving on to the Seahawks and the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers, they have a little bit of QB competition of their own. Both these teams kind of do. Uh, Pickett and Trubisky being the main competitors for that job. Pickett looked great. Uh, 13 for 15 for 95 yards, two touchdowns, uh, and rocketing in the game-winning TD to Tyler Vaughn's. Uh, so can't do it much better than that. Uh, he did take two pretty brutal sacks, but neither of those really his fault uh and then mitch trubisky four for seven for 63 uh and a touchdown of his own uh every starting steelers quarterback threw a touchdown in this game all three of them uh he hit gunner Olszewski, i believe is how you pronounce his name Ol- Olszewski, yeah, Olszewski, yeah. uh twice including for the td uh pretty good game for gunner uh former new england patriot um and then nine for fifteen for ninety-three yards and a touchdown from Mason Rudolph as well, and he found rookie George Pickens uh, for a touchdown. NFL young boy, uh, three receptions for forty-three for for Mister Young Boy. Uh, really nice game for him, and he looks like he he does appear to be a huge part of that Steelers offense. Uh, blocking well on run blocking plays, tossing people out the building like we saw him do in college where he, he is such a brutal run blocker. They, the corner just never sees it coming. He just runs up and grabs you and throws you on the ground. <laughs> He's awesome. He It is awesome. It's awesome to watch because he doesn't look like – a physically like dominating receiver, but he is very, very strong in that frame. And he's able to just grab you and wham. (laughs) (laughs) It is fun to watch him. Uh, He pancake blocks people. Steelers offense overall, they look comfortable passing the ball. Uh, Four touchdowns passing. uh, All three of the quarterbacks look good. They average seven yards per carry on the ground. That doesn't hurt. Uh, It was a good day for the Steelers offense. Uh, And then over on the other side, The Seattle Seahawks, they have a QB competition of their own going on.
1: Yeah, so we got Geno Smith and Drew Locke. This has been a conversation for the entire offseason, essentially. A lot of people thought that once they traded uh, Russell for Drew, that Drew was going to take that position. But it kind of seems like in the offseason, with training and everything, Geno Smith might actually have the position a little more secured than we thought. So they both played a pretty good game, pretty similar stats, 10 for 15 for Gino, 11 for 15 for Drew Locke, 101 for Gino, 102 for Drew Locke. So very, very similar games. I guess the only main difference was Drew was able to score. So mm. that was a pretty big advantage. <laughs> yeah. and, but that being said, Drew also did have a fumble. And I remember watching that and that was bad. That was pretty bad. It was a pretty big hit on him, and honestly, I don't blame him for letting go of the ball there. But <laughs> yeah,
0: it's one <laughs> where like your O line kind of skewers you. You know what I mean? It it oh, does yeah. definitely put a huge dent in what was otherwise a really really spectacular night from Drew Locke. Uh, oh yeah, for him to just get drilled on this blindside hit and lose the ball, and I mean, you just you never want to put a fumble on tape, but. Is that one really Drew Lock's fault? It's it's kind of no, hard to not put that all. on him. You know what I, mean? <laughs> uh, I
1: would not blame him.
0: <laughs> no, I I definitely blame his uh, offensive line for that one. Uh, I think, like you said, Gino Smith has gotten the majority of the first team reps in training camp, and he started this game in the preseason. I think you got to start giving a few of those to Drew Lock. Uh, I'm not a huge Drew Lock fan. I'm not entirely sold on the talent there, but. This is a really good night from him. And when you are about to be starting Geno Smith, I think you've got to see what other options you have, and you've got to see if there's anything there in them. And I don't think they've given Drew Locke a fair shake yet. So I think this is the week to do that. Like, this is the week to let Drew Locke start the preseason game, give him some first-team reps, see what you have there. If it's nothing, it's nothing, and you can move on with Geno Smith for this season. But Drew Locke, he's still very young. He was at one point viewed as a potential franchise quarterback. I think you have to give him a chance uh outside of drew lock a lot of other young players did really really well in this game for the seattle seahawks bo melton uh caught two nice balls for 47 yards dj dallas was involved as a runner uh his fellow miami teammate travis homer was also involved as a runner and a receiver uh getting some work done both of them combining for about 140 yards of offense uh and then ken walker the third was a little bit uh disappointing in terms of the usage for me he was solid in what he did, but uh, not much work for Ken Walker, five carries for 19 yards and one reception for 11 yards. What do you take from that? I want to see a lot more Kenneth Walker.
1: I really do. I loved watching him in college. Even if he beat my Penn State team several times, I loved watching Ken Walker, right? Mm -hmm. I need to see more of him though. I don't know. I just saw five carries out of him. I believe he might be the guy for Seattle, but I needed to see a little more out of him. And yeah. the other stars that you mentioned, they played a phenomenal game, honestly. They were really good at getting open, really good at finding space. So I'll give them all the all the
0: brownies for that, you know. Mm-hmm. I was most impressed with Melton, uh, receiver out of Rutgers. He was really, really solid in that game. Uh, and then Dallas was also very solid as well. But I, I did expect a little bit more from DJ Dallas. But Bo Melton, uh, impressing me. Other notable performances from games we're not going to cover in full. Uh, Damian Pierce for Houston. This one is causing me to resend my Marlon Mack take a little bit. Uh, He was really, really great in this game. Five carries for 49 yards. I think he's got a pretty solid chance of taking away that lead back spot from Marlon Mack. Uh, If he's going to keep performing like that anyway, uh, it's going to be hard for Marlon Mack to justify a high usage rate in that offense when you have a young guy performing like that. Uh, Other really solid performances, Justin Fields. What did you see from Justin Fields this week? Justin Fields actually played well. I will admit, I had, I am not a Justin
1: Fields fan, kind of like Ayush, but um, mm. I had low expectations for him. I thought he was going to play terribly, and he actually played pretty well. He showed that he could actually pass pretty well and that he could manage the game a little better than he did last season, and he pulled out a win against Kansas City. Granted, yes, preseason, but still played a lot better than expected.
0: Yeah, I think it should be a really, really nice confidence builder for fields. Uh, I think you get a lot out of a win like that, where uh, especially over a good team like Kansas City, even though it's preseason, uh, you go out, you prove yourself a little bit, complete some passes, nice carry for 10 yards, uh, should get him going. I think he should be due for more work. At least I hope he's due for more work in the preseason. I hope they give him a little more action. Uh, although I think that Zach Wilson injury is going to scare everybody out of starting their quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lance McCutcheon, uh, a couple other guys we'll talk about. Lance McCutcheon, really solid game for uh, as a Rams receiver in that Chargers uh, game. Five receptions for 89 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, it was only Bryce Perkins at quarterback, so it's not like he played with Stafford either. Uh, I think you probably get yourself a roster spot out of that game uh, scoring two touchdowns, going for almost hundred yards, really nice game for Lance McCutcheon who has never seen NFL action before. Next up on our list of uh standout performances is going to be Skyward Thompson, uh rookie quarterback out of uh, Kansas state for the Miami Dolphins. He had a really, really solid game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he played the whole game, earned the dub 20 for 28 for 218 and a touchdown, three carries for 25 yards. Uh, he, I have a bit of a personal connection to Skylar Thompson. Uh, when I was a freshman in high school, Skylar Thompson was a senior in high school, uh, and he actually played my high school football team in the state championship game, crushed us, 63 to, I want to say like 10. Uh, he scored every touchdown, all seven of them. He either threw them or ran them in himself. Uh, and I think he accumulated over 500 yards of offense in that game. Uh, he was absurd. Uh, it was 500 yards. (laughs) He owned my high school football team. Uh, and I thought I would be done with Skyler Thompson, but then he goes to Kansas State and I go off to OU. And he continues to haunt me by winning two games against OU and stunning us. The only games we would lose that season during the regular season were both to Kansas State in back to back years while Skyler Thompson was the quarterback. So Skyler Thompson, uh, I do have a lot of respect for you. I do not like you, uh, but I do have a lot of respect for you. Uh, I just thought I'd share that little anecdote for him. He is the uh, second all-time passer for uh, Kansas State in both yards and touchdowns behind only the great Josh Freeman. So uh, good on Skyler Thompson. He might have an NFL future. Really, really solid game for him. Uh, Next up, uh, we're going to do a little wide receiver rankings. Uh, I'm going to share my top 10 fantasy receivers for this season. Uh, and Andrew is essentially going to break them all down and tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, and so let's go ahead and kick things off. Uh, number one on my list, or actually, you know what, let's go from 10. Well, let's make things uh, a little more suspenseful. We'll go from backwards down the list. So Keenan Allen, I have him in at number 10. Uh, he has been the top target in that Chargers offense for years. Uh, and despite a rise in production for Mike Williams in the last couple of years, I do expect Keenan Allen to still be the number one target for Justin Herbert in that offense and be very productive doing so. So how do you feel about my number 10? Am I safe on that one? You know, for now, I think you're safe. Keenan Allen is a great number 10
1: spot. I really do agree that he's going to be a great player. As a matter of fact, I might I might even push him a little higher. All right. All right. I might, because I, I feel like Austin Eckler is going to have to deal with a lot of high volume in the beginning of the season, which might cause some sort of injury or something, which will rely Justin Herbert to rely a little more on his wide receivers if they start stuffing equity too much. So All right, I mean, all right. I, I predict predicted injuries. Uh, not injuries, <laughs> not injuries. <laughs> <laughs> Just predictability. <laughs> yeah.
0: Next up, uh, we got Mike Evans, uh, TB12's number one target. Uh, obviously, he's going to see a lot of volume overall this season, uh, but I think especially early on this year, he will see a ton of volume with Godwin out, Uh, And Russell Gage being affected by an injury late in this offseason. I think it's Mike Evans' show uh, over there. How do you feel about my number nine spot?
1: You know, I'm going to have to disagree. I'm going to have to disagree. I think, I think that the Bucks' offense is just too loaded to choose any Buck offensive player as a fantasy top choice, realistically. I think the dispersion is too wide that you can't just choose a single player on that squad because once Godwin and Gage come back and they already have a constellation of stars, it seems like, on their offense, that it's just going to be way too
0: spread out. I do like Mike Evans, though, as since
1: he's a very common uh, red zone
0: option for Tom Brady, so yeah. – I think that is a big part of it as well. Mike Evans is always TD productive. He does seem to be kind of an ed zone magnet. So I think he does find a way to be fantasy productive despite that, uh, as he has the last couple of years. Number eight on my list. This one is one I'm a little shaky on Stefan Diggs. I, I'm i putting a little bit of personal, personal faith in Stefan Diggs to recover from a pretty disappointing fantasy season last year. And just with that Josh Allen Diggs connection, I feel like he's, It's got to find a way to be fantasy productive at some point. So I do have Diggs slotted in at number eight. I just feel like it's too good on the field to not eventually become fantasy successful as well.
1: I probably shouldn't comment because in my dynasty league, I saved Diggs.
0: Oh, yeah. And that
1: hurt. (laughs) 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 It hurt a lot. Um, I do think he's going to be a lot better fantasy wise than he was last year. Two years ago, he was absolutely insane for me probably my best player on the squad and i'd like to see that return in performance from him i mean everything is lined up for him to be an amazing player in terms of fantasy and getting a lot of a lot of points but we're just gonna have to see how that bill's offense plays with him
0: yeah i too had him last year in fantasy Uh, i was definitely expecting a lot more uh and I I just I like him a lot as a player. I I know what he can Me do too. on the field, uh, and I feel like it does eventually have to translate to fantasy at some point. Like he, it has in the past. I think it will again. Uh, CD Lamb is my number seven. Finally stepping into that role of Cowboys receiver number one. Nobody was more productive with a lower target share than CD Lamb last season. So I do really feel confident that CD Lamb is going to take a big step up. I feel like I might even have him too low at number seven. What do you think?
1: I was going to say the same. I think you might have him as too low, but looking at what the rest of the list could look like, it's going to be hard. There are some really good wide receivers this year that I'm really excited to see, CeeDee Lamb being one of them. I think he has the ceiling of being the number one wide receiver in fantasy this year, but I could also see him slipping somewhere in the five to seven range because there's just so much talent.
0: Exactly. Like you just said, I think. Pretty much anyone seven or up for me has the potential to finish as receiver number one in fantasy yeah. season. If it breaks their way, if some things happen, I think all of these guys could be that receiver number one for you. They're all fantastic. So if, if you have them as your receiver number one, I'm not really going to argue with you too much. They, they are kind of uh, movable a little bit. Yeah. Number six, Tyreek Hill. I uh, I think Hills obviously the number one target in that Miami offense. They want to pass the football. They did not invest heavily into the running position at all. Uh Tua needs to be able to link up with with Tyreek Hill regularly, but uh I think it's got to happen. You know what I mean? I think he despite what you may say about those training camp underthrows, I think Tua's is a pretty good quarterback. I think they get it done this year in Miami and I think it results in big production from Tyreek Hill.
1: Yeah, I'm going to completely agree with you on that. Tyreek Hill is a great talent, extremely fast. He is the king of separation, and Miami has a pretty good situation right now. They kind of have a legion of Zoom going on, if you can throw back to the 2020 Kansas City uh, offense. Like that. We've legion got, of Zoom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Tyreek and Jalen, they're Zooming, and I think as long as Tua can connect to them, Tyreek is going to have an insanely good season, just as he has, as per usual. He's a really good player.
0: Mm-hmm. Moving on to number 5, uh we got Devonte Adams. Another receiver in a new home this year. Uh I think it takes a bit of a step back QB wise obviously from Rodgers to Carr there is a little bit of a drop off. They're both great, but uh Rodgers obviously being this Hall of Fame tier quarterback and Carr probably this Hall of very good. Uh and he'll enter a, I think this is something of note that I don't think a lot of people have noted is that he is now entering his most competitive target competition ever in his career, in my opinion. I don't think he has ever had to compete more for targets with better receivers than he will this year with Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro being there. Even Brian Edwards, who has received a ton of praise both of the last two seasons in camp, should be due for some volume as well. So I think that does kind of hold Devontae Adams back from that top group for me. Uh, but I think he obviously will remain highly productive.
1: Yeah. And somebody you didn't mention in that lineup is Josh Jacobs. Uh, he was also going to take a lot of volume on the offensive end and he's a really talented uh, running back. Last season wasn't his best season, admittedly, but if he goes back to his prime form, I think Josh Jacobs is also going to get a lot of targets. So my only concern is, as you said, there is a lot of dispersion and a lot of distribution of volume,
0: but then again, it's Devontae Adams. so It is. He's yeah. going to get points. That's kind of the thing. It's like, obviously, he's one of the league's most talented receivers if he's not the league's most talented receiver. So mm. you do kind of have to factor that in. But the the volume does scare me a little bit there because I feel like the guys that I have ahead of him are just guaranteed a little bit more volume. Uh, number four, Debo Samuel. He's another one that may not get a ton of volume as a receiver, but I think he does continue that hybrid role. That he had last season and a lot of people have disagreed that he will move away from that role. I know he did talk about it last season, but the money talks at the end of the day, and he signed a contract that has an incentive built in for his rushing performance. So I do feel like he wants to go get that bag. He needs to be running. And so I think he continues that hybrid role. Uh, He should be a productive receiver and a productive rusher. Now, I personally would have put Debo a little
1: higher on the list just because of that wide back position that he kind of has adopted into himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's only three hundred thousand dollars on the line, but I would be fighting for those three hundred thousand. That's a bag. So bad. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's a total bad. Three hundred so grand think, is three hundred grand. A thousand percent, man. That's a great car right there, and I think he's a small want that house car.
0: It's <laughs> so, I mean, a small house.
1: It's a nice house. Yeah, he's going to, it's a pretty decent incentive just to run around a little bit. So I think he's going to, I would personally have him up just one spot. I would change it three and four,
0: but yeah, I mean, I, as you're
1: saying, let's get to that three.
0: <laughs> number three, Jamar Chase. Uh I love Jamar Chase. Uh, I had him last year. He was a beast for me. Uh Reports out of Bengals camp are, appear to be indicating that Chase is going to be once again, the vocal point of this offense. And even to a greater degree than he was last season, which I think. Is bad news for T. Higgins uh, and probably bad news for Hayden Hurst and Joe Mixon, but is great news for Jamar Chase, who I think remains very productive. I think he'll see a ton of targets this year uh, in Cincinnati.
1: Oh, he's going to see a ton of targets and he's going to see the end zone many, many times. So I think Jamar Chase is an excellent option. If you have him on your fantasy team, you're going to be very happy. Uh, Joe Mixon, Hayden Hurst, T. Higgins, they they are unfortunately going to have to take the butt end of that stick because Jamar
0: Chase is that guy. He is really good. Me and Ayush talked about it last week. T. Higgins still getting drafted really, really high uh, in most of these drafts. And I know he was a 1,000-yard receiver last year, but you have to consider is there enough volume to go around that offense for T. Higgins to remain that productive? I think we did kind of see the ceiling of him last year in terms of like how much can you get out of your receiver too.
1: I mean, I think T Higgins is a pretty decent option because Jamar Chase is going to attract so much attention from the defense that if Jamar just can't get enough separation, some random game T Higgins is going to be a very, very wide open, great second option to throw to. Mm. But then again, we're going to have to see because I think Hayden Hurst is also a really, really good second option to throw to. So
0: yeah, I'm it's right there with interesting. you. I do believe a lot in T Higgins, but it's like he's going wide receiver twelve right now on the ADP, and last year he finished at like wide receiver fifteen. I think wide receiver yeah. 15 is probably as good as you get from T Higgins as a receiver two in that Bengals offense. And so I just don't know where the justification is to draft him at wide receiver 12. I think people just kind of want to project like a Madden like improvement from everybody. And they're like, oh, he's, he's this young receiver. So he's, he's got to get better. Like he went for a thousand yards last year. He'll go for 1200 yards this year. Like, you know, it makes sense, it, but It really doesn't when you consider the greater context of it. So I would would encourage you guys to pause a little bit longer before you pull the trigger on T Higgins in round two or round three. Uh, Justin Jefferson at number two, someone you're going to have to pull the trigger on at the latest round two, if you're really as deep. Uh, (laughs) Jettis is going to see a ton of volume. Uh, He's an end zone magnet. He's already gotten 17 touchdowns across just like 33 games of play. Uh, He is a total beast. I I love Justin Jefferson. If you can get him, you're you're gold at receiver, in my opinion.
1: Now, this is my big difference here. Justin Jefferson, he is my wide receiver one. I think Kevin O'Connell, the ex-offensive coordinator for the LA Rams, is now the head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. What we saw with Cooper Cup last year, expect to see that with Justin Jefferson. If not better, because I think like in terms of athletic talent, I think Justin Jefferson has the bag over Cooper cup. So I think Justin Jefferson is going to have a ridiculous season this next season. I'm, I genuinely expect record-breaking numbers, but knock on wood for him. I hope he has an amazing season, but I think Justin Jefferson is going to go crazy.
0: I think he absolutely does have that potential. I think there's just a little bit more of a volume split for him than there is for my number one guy who we'll get into in a second here uh I just think he's due for a little bit less volume with Adam Thielen absorbing a lot of volume he's still a pro bowl talent receiver uh you have Irv Smith Jr they really want to see what they have in him and Dalvin Cook is going to be a huge part of that offense uh running the football so I do that is kind of my only hesitation with Justin Jefferson also I'm just not super sold on Kirk Cousins as a quarterback I just I don't think he's that elite talent uh that my Matt number Stafford one guy is, has yeah. a quarterback who has Matt oh, yeah. Stafford because my number one guy, it's my boy, Cooper cup. Uh, Cooper cup almost did break records last season at wide receiver. He's a beast. And I have gone back and forth on it because Justin Jefferson is also a beast, but I think cup is still in that position to succeed. He doesn't really have to compete with a really big running game. The running game hasn't been hugely important to LA's success in the last couple of years. Akers and Henderson have kind of split that role. Uh, Tyler Higby hasn't been a huge factor in the offense either. Allen Robinson should see a decent amount of volume as receiver, two, but I think it's Cooper Cup's game over there. I think he will be absolutely ridiculous this season once again.
1: I don't even blame you for having Cooper Cup at number one. He is going to have another
0: ridiculously
1: good season. I can see it coming. I just have a little more faith in Justin Jefferson's athletic ability. I mean, I'm excited to see how this one goes down, honestly, because Cooper Cup is going to be going. He's the best on his team he's the number one option there's not really a viable second option that would split just as like you've mentioned with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson so he's going to see a lot of volume i mean how many uh, how many catches did he have last season uh, 130 something and 24
0: <laughs> i want to say i could be wrong yeah like that.
1: that volume is unheard of so if he gets that volume again i could absolutely see him being wide receiver 1 again this year I just kind of want to bank on Justin Jefferson for the fun of it.
0: (laughs) I hear you. Uh, Honestly, like I said, I can't disagree with you either way on that. It's You're dealing with two of the best receivers in the league either way. I think they're both in great positions to succeed this year, and I think they both – he actually had 145 receptions last season. Holy (laughs) – that is insane. That is – yeah. Yeah. pretty unfathomable, uh, nearly an NFL record, almost snagged Michael Thomas's, uh, reception record there. Uh, I think he, he has a chance to do it this year. I think Cooper cup could, could be the new, uh, single season reception holder. And in fact, I'll, I'll call that actually. I think Cooper cup will leave this season as the NFL single season reception holder. Hot take. Uh, I like it. I like that it. Is, that's my hot take for this episode. And I think with that, I think we're out of here. Uh, thanks for joining us guys uh we got some more fun planned for you on thursday of this week uh we will see you guys then for some more rankings uh i'll leave it i'll leave it a little vague about what we're gonna do uh it'll be a mystery you guys will have to wait and see all right thanks andrew for joining us uh and thanks Thank guys you. for being here we'll see you later